Hello, welcome to the Grace Apostolic Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us. We hope this podcast serves as a tool that encourages you and helps you navigate through this journey called life. If you wouldn't mind, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and review this podcast channel. Your feedback matters, and we want to serve you to the best of our abilities. Thank you so much. Let's go to the Word. Oh, haven't we had a time this weekend? Amen. The Lord has been good to us. He has been good to us. Amen. You can be seated just for a moment. We'll read the Word here in a moment. But I feel I feel to give honor. I first of all say it's just an honor to be here again. Uh, I've always been. And I want to echo what your pastor said. And I know that I can speak for my friends that are gone. We are always blessed to come here. And it is obvious an obvious benefit to spend time with our friend. But this church has a way of blessing us and strengthening us. And I give you honor for that. Would you put your hands together and give yourself praise if you could do that? Amen. They're not here to hear it, but I do give honor to the two men who have preceded me in this pulpit. They are my closest friends. I honor them and appreciate them. We have a lot of good times, and we all have a lot of God times. I've learned that good friends look the same direction. And, and the guys that were here, and your pastor and I, we have things in common and things we enjoy together. We try to get together and, and, and spend some time on the water, or whatever it may be. But there's obvious differences in me and them. They're all tall. I know you, you thought you knew what I was going to say, but make sure you share that with them. But they are my friends. And what really binds us together is we're all looking the same direction. The mighty motive of our friendship is Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but if you're going to invest your life in something, invest it in something that's going to last forever. And I thank God for those friendships. I really do. And, and they would probably accuse me of being the most snarky or smart aleck amongst them. Everything they share, I have something smart to say. But the truth is I love them. And I cherish them and really appreciate my time with them. Your pastor and I really haven't been friends many years. Uh, we're not even old enough to say many years, you know. But but we've become fast friends, and I cherish my time with him. And what I love about him and his precious wife is you are safe in their presence. You are sa- He said a moment ago, he gave me the compliment and said he's always real. I want to flip that back and say the reason I feel I can be real is because I'm safe in their presence. I'm going to tell you in 2020, in a time of a very toxic world. We need to thank God for pastoral leadership that we can be safe in their presence. Amen. 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 And I always love coming here and I give honor. Uh, You're the only one up here now, but I give honor to this worship team that always, let me tell you something, it is a priestly duty. It is a priestly duty to take us into the presence of God. And I give give Brother Will and all of them a great big uh, say thank you, and I always am inspired by that. I wish I could jump around like him. 
I wish I could. Amen. 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 Give honor to my wife in her absence today. I appreciate. We have a senior in high school, and he had some activities this weekend, and we felt that it was important, it being his last year, that she be there with him. And, but I give her honor and my other two boys. And then with me is my only begotten middle son. Drew, I give you honor. I love you. Thank you for coming with Dad. Would you give my son a hand? I appreciate him. Amen. Joshua chapter number 3. If I missed anybody, I honor you. (laughs) Joshua chapter number 3. Before I read this one scripture, Joshua 3 and 1, let me say this. I need you to give me a little latitude today to preach to you about where we're going and when I describe where we are don't take it as an insult this is a good church thank you sir this is a good church it is a good church but there is a danger in being good it can become the enemy of great. And I believe God's got more in store for you. So please, please don't take my, my asserting where we are and where we're going as I'm assuming you're not getting the job done. Will you do that? Will you give me that latitude today? All right. I don't normally do disclaimers, but there you have it. I might be a politician after all, Brother Trax, so I don't know. Let's do something serious here. Joshua 3 and 1, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from the Achaia Grove and came to Jordan, he and all of the children of Israel. And they lodged there before they crossed over. I want to preach for a few minutes today the edge of the promise. The edge of the of the promise. Will you put your Bibles down and lift your voice and let's ask God to bless us with his word today. Come on, will you lift your voice and pray to him right now. In Jesus' name. One more time, clap your hands and lift your voice and praise him. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Joshua and the people of God had come to the edge of the Jordan River. On the other side of this river was their promised land. On the other side of this river was their destiny and their eternal blessings and purpose of God. The problem was this river stood between them and where God wanted to take them. Ultimately, they knew if they were going to get to their promised land, they would have to cross this river. This river, the crossing of this river, would draw a line in their history. It would be the dawning of a new day or a new era, if you will. It would be the unfolding of new purpose and passion. Throughout time, throughout the Word of God, God's people have always been called 
to cross rivers, to take cities and claim territory. I believe, Grace Apostolic, and really to the kingdom at large, that we are standing on the edge of the Jordan River as a church, as a body of believers, and we are poised, we are ready to cross that river. I will tell you, while you have grown since I have been here last, I can see that. While there is a measure of anointing and presence, I feel that in times past I did not. I can tell you God still has more for you than you could ever believe, imagine, or know. So I stand here following the challenging of Brother Chesser, following somebody like Brother Purdue, and only he can preach it like he does on soul winning. And I am here to tell you today that I believe God is ready for this church to cross that river. I believe God's ready for us to leave the edge and to walk into our destiny. God is, or God does and always has moves, moved in seasons. I believe you as a church, I believe the kingdom of God at large has reached a season of revival. I believe full-heartedly that we are standing upon the precipice of a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. There must be no hesitation. There must be no delay. There must be no room for excuses. There must be no resistance to moving forward. We may be standing on the edge of the river today, but we need to send a message to heaven that says, when you get ready for us to move, we will move. I hope, and and I'm not going to disclaimer anymore after this, but I hope that you're not sitting there saying, oh, Lord, one more preacher telling us we're not where we need to be. That isn't what I said. I didn't say being on the edge was a curse. I didn't say being on the edge was a demonic delay. In fact, I would tell you being on the edge of the river is a divine delay. It is the will of God that we find our way to lodge at the river. Now, your pastor mentioned that I have pastored since I was 26. And when I was 25, Brother Traxel, you'll be able to appreciate this, I assumed that when I became a pastor, our church would at least double or triple in my first year. (laughs) It ain't funny, but you got to laugh or you cry. I just knew, I mean... We don't hand out, you know, they do coach of the year and all of that in sports. We don't have a pastor of the year at camp meeting every year. But I just assumed if we did, it would probably be mine. But little did I know I was going to take that church and I was going to lodge at that river a little while. I was going to have to rest 
at the edge of promise for a little while. And I'll tell you, we stayed there so long that I got to the point I almost got tired of hearing messages about what God was going to do. Anybody relate to what I'm saying? And what happens is the devil begins to make us believe because we're not all we could be yet that somehow we never will be. And I came here this morning to jerk the cover on the devil's lie and tell you, you will cross that river. Would you clap your hands and magnify the name of the Lord? So when I say on the edge of the promise, the edge represents a place where we come to where revival awaits us, but we seem unable to quite reach it. In reality, being at the edge between the promise There is a river, and we stand on the other side. But hear me when I tell you again, it is not delay nor denial. We have simply reached the end of our human ability. Now, I've been here a few times, but I'm going to train you like I train them at home, okay? If I say something I think is good, whether you think it's good or not, if you don't respond, I say it again. So now that we've trained you, I'll say it to you again. Being on the edge with a river between us and our promise is not a sign that we're not good enough. It's not a sign that God don't love us. It's just a sign that not by might and not by power, but it's by His Spirit. We are going to cross that river. I said we are going to cross that river. And when we get to the other side, you know what we're going to say? Look what the Lord has done. I wish somebody would shout with a voice of praise in this house. feel like shouting in this place we get to the other side of that river and we start thinking how many years has this church been existing 1950 70 years somebody's better at math than me I was about to take my shoes off and count a little bit 70 years I can't imagine the prophets that's declared over this house prophecies and promises and blessings. I'm not a prophet, but I told you a few years ago that you were going to see clearly again. Oh, I feel like telling you something right here. That's what I preached here two years ago, that you were going to see vision clearly again. Does anybody know what year it is? It's 2020. I'll tell you what happens. 
I'll tell you what happens. We get over here on the edge with a river between us and promise, and the devil starts telling us none of those prophecies are ever going to happen because this happened and that happened, and there was this trouble and that trouble, and sister so-and-so left, and that one left, and it's never going to be. But I come to tell you, God is not a man that he could lie. If God's If God spoke it, God will perform it. I wish somebody would shout with me right now. I feel the windows of heaven. Somebody clap your hands and love him. Come on, let's take a 30-second praise break. Come on, I feel the windows of heaven being opened over this house. I believe there's prophecies and promises that are being poured out in this room right now that the devil told you it was over, that you had a demonic delay over your blessing. But I came to tell you today, get ready. God is going to pour it out. another disclaimer I was going to say in the beginning and say pardon me but I'm going to be much calmer than normal well, I'm a, I'd have been a liar if I'd have said that but I feel fire shut up in my bones in this house maybe you didn't hear the words of that last song they said that said what the enemy meant for evil. I'm telling you, God's about to turn the tables on the devil in this holy house today. Somebody better get ready that what the enemy meant for evil, God's about to turn it to good. God's about to turn it around. God's about to bring recovery and restoration. God's about to turn the tables on the enemy. God's God's about to prepare a blessing for somebody that you thought the day, the moment, the time had passed. Because when you lodge for so long, there's a tendency for doubt to come in. But just like Joshua and God's people of yesteryear, we must wait. Somebody say wait. If we were back home, they would know what's coming next out of my mouth. I hate to wait. I know hate's a strong word, but pray for me. When I go visit folks in the hospital and they're having a surgery or something, the family says, we're going to go to the waiting room. Even hearing that word just makes me shudder inside. Somebody, one of our saints had open heart surgery. We were there for several hours and they said, I think, I think Brother Wilkes drank 14 cups of coffee. 
It wasn't even good coffee. I just wanted to keep getting out of the waiting room and walking down the hall. I hate waiting. Somebody say it with me. I hate waiting. Now you're sitting there saying, no, I'm very patient. I bet you are. When McDonald's takes four minutes in the drive-thru, you're about to lose your ever-loving mind. Somebody said amen because they know it's right. We hate waiting. But just like Joshua, just like the people of God, they had to wait until the manifest presence of God went up first. Until the priest bearing the ark went first. That's why I say to you, Grace, you have not been in a demonic delay. You've been in a divine delay. But I don't know if you can sense it. I don't know if you can feel it. But I see the ark. I see the presence of God. It's begin moving across that river. Come on, praise him, praise him. I said earlier, pastor asked me, he said, won't you come earlier and sit in our Celebrate Recovery meeting? I hope I don't say something I shouldn't. I guess you can edit it or whatever you do. But he said, will you come sitting there? And I did, and I enjoyed it. I was real glad that, 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 that Sister Dana was leading that meeting because that we stayed on track. Because the whole time I'm in that meeting, I don't, I don't know if the brother noticed sitting next to me. My legs were wiggling under the table. I just kept wanting to interrupt. I kept wanting to say, do y'all realize what you're about to do? Do y'all realize how many lives you're going to touch? Do you realize that you're not a year late on this? You're not five years late on this? Do you realize you're right on time? Come on, I'm telling somebody in here today, there's revival coming to this house. I wish somebody that believes that would clap your hands, lift your voice, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I got, I got to hurry here. I got a lot to get to, but I'm probably going to have to edit. But hear me when I tell you. You see the edge. Shout the edge. While it can seem limiting of our growth and ultimately our destiny, there is a danger I must tell you about this thing called the edge. When you lodge at the edge... While you know there's more out there for you, the edge also provides great security and comfort. And you can have land there. And you can build homes there. And you can make the edge your resting place. There are two approaches to this river. You can lodge there or you can cross over. 
Some might take the first step and never move to the second. Enthralled and satisfied with the comforts of lodging. (laughs) However, today, hear me. The devil would confuse us that we must choose. Either we lodge at the edge or we cross over. And I feel divinely inspired to tell you, you actually need both. That's why most pastors will tell you, we should have been miles down the road now. We should be a lot farther along as a church than we are. It's not an insult to where we are, but we feel the urging of the other side of the river. But you hear me in the Holy Ghost. How long you pastor? How long you pastor? We'll just use your nine years if that's okay. Let me tell you something. You have needed every moment of these nine years at the edge. The edge is not a curse. An edge is where you meet God in a way that you would have never known Him. He could have never been Jehovah Jireh if He hadn't had to be your provider. And it's in the place of the edge where we may get spiritually depressed and think God's never going to bless us. We're not the ones getting all the blessings and we're not the ones getting all the favor. But you hear me in the Holy Ghost. You will walk away from the edge of the river knowing God in a way that you would have never known Him before. He's created communion with you. has come and met with you. He's provided for you. The edge is not a curse. It is a blessing. When I say this, I don't want you to think we've been getting around the table talking and Pastor Trax was depressed and needs encouragement. On the contrary, I I probably haven't been with them when I feel a sense of excitement and an urging towards the future. But I will tell you, I think it's important for you to know that at least in the last nine years, we may have been at the edge of promise. You hear my voice today. I'm in the Holy Ghost to tell you, you have not been wasting your time. You have not been wasting your investment. You have not been wasting your energy. But God was getting you ready to cross over that Jordan River and meet the promise of God like you never have before. It's not been a waste. It's been an investment. In fact, I will tell you, That the very word lodge used in Joshua 3 means to stop and stay for a while. It means to stay still, to patiently remain and tarry. When the Holy Ghost is doing something new and fresh, there is a need to lodge. Lodging creates a desperation in us. (laughs) I know it too well. I remember the feelings too well. Lodging creates a desperation in us and a reality that we do not have all the answers. I'll tell you this. That should be good news to Pastor Traxel's heart because it assures him he has not wasted his time and neither have you. We've been lodging, but get ready. Breakthrough is coming. 
I want to tell the saints of this church, if you're a member of this church, you have not been wasting your time. You have not been wasting your treasure and your investment investment in Grace Apostolic Church. You may have been waiting, but I'm telling you, you better get ready. God is going to begin to blow your mind with apostolic miracles, signs, and wonders like you have never seen before. And hell won't be able to stop it. And the devil won't be able to delay it. God is going to pour it out. I wish somebody would just help me praise God right now. Come on, praise Him. Now I'm all... I'm all in on programs. I'm all in on organization. I'm all in on structure. Celebrate Recovery is about to turn the tide around here. I believe that. You need to pray for those leaders involved in it. They're going to have to move with a grace at all times. Hear me. It's going to help this church. But when it comes to crossing that river... When we get on the other side into our destiny, we're not going to be able to point back to human ideas and human philosophies and say, once we did this, we had a breakthrough. No, when we get to the other side, it's going to be like the old song we used to sing around home. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. Come on. I'm telling this church today, God is not just going to do good things. uh, He's going to do God things uh, that are going to blow your mind, uh, that are going to fathom things we could not even imagine. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and praise him. Come on, praise him. I'll do my best to hurry, but I just have a few more things I want to share. I'll, I'll keep looking at that clock like I care. When Paul reads through the diary of Israel's debacle in the desert. He warns the Corinthian church that in spite of the fact that Israel had been providentially led out of Pharaoh's bondage by miracle after miracle after miracle, there were rivers rolling back. They walked through walls of water that would ultimately collapse on cue and kill their charging enemy. Miracle after miracle They ate angels' food, which was deposited at their door daily. They drank water from a flint rock. They were shielded from the sun by a shimmering cloud. They were kept warm at night by a pillar of fire. Yet in spite of all those miracles, Paul said, with many of them, God was not well pleased. Gosh, what a rebuke. God was not pleased because many of them At the edge of promise. Next to their promise. They could have threw a rock at it. Somehow they were still overthrown. 
And it wasn't by the elements. And it wasn't by their enemy. But rather they were overthrown by their unbelief. God. How in the world could this be? Having miracle after miracle after miracle. God had proven himself over and over and over and over in them. I'll tell you why. Because after four centuries of slavery, the devil had so sufficiently shrunk their soul that they could not wrap their hearts around the fact that God can and God will. I feel like... I feel like telling somebody in this house, you may have come out of the most toxic family situation. You may come out of abuse. You may come out of trouble. You may have come out of trial. But when you walk through those doors, it's not about you anymore. You've joined a kingdom. And let me tell you about this kingdom. We're on our way to a place we've never been before. And I will not let you die in unbelief that God's going to bless everybody but you. I'm telling you, he wants this whole church to cross over. Come on, praise him. Clap your hands and praise him. Somebody just magnify him. And that's exactly what happens. That's what happens the days I find myself alone with my thoughts in my office of will it ever come to pass. I'm going to try one more time. I'm going to passionately launch this new ministry. We're going to take the mountain one more time. We try so hard, but that's where the devil meets us sometimes in our times of solace. And when we're alone to remind us, look at all that's went wrong. Look at all the trouble. He wants you to be satisfied with lodging alone. I know you can't feel what I feel, but I feel like somebody put dynamite in my soul to tell you that our days of lodging are about over. We're about to take the city. I said we're about to take the city. This is how I feel. Now, this is the truth of how I feel. I'd have rather woke up in VV, Indiana today, but I woke up in Clawson, Mission, and it was cold. But I just believe that everybody, all 11,000 people in Clawson, Michigan, if they're going to wake up on a Sunday morning and get dressed to go to church, I believe they ought to be coming to Grace Apostolic Church. I know... You may want to take this off the webcast, and I know you're going to think I'm just preaching for response, but I'll tell you I'm not. There's no reason why this, why this cannot be the biggest, largest apostolic church in the state of Michigan. There is no reason. You've got the talent. You've got the ability. You've got the resource. I say, let's cross over. Let's cross over. Let's cross over. They were literally within sight or sound of the promise. And generations of them had to die off. Did you hear what I said? Within sight or sound of the promise. And they had to wonder to, until generations died off. 
You know what you need to say in this house? I don't know what that little short fellow was screaming and hollering about. But when it comes to crossing over, my family ain't staying on the edge. Not me. Not me. Not my family. Not my babies. We're not going to wander in a wilderness until we die, never achieving what God wanted us to achieve. We're crossing over. I'm bringing my babies with me. I'm bringing my spouse with me. I'm bringing my family with me. Hey, pastor, when revival breaks out, I just want you to know my family is going to be in involved in it. I just want you to know my family will be at the cutting edge of what God is doing. I know you can't do it on response. I know you can't do it on demand, but I wish somebody would at least leap for joy. I wish somebody would shout with a voice of triumph. just a few more minutes. I'm working there. I promise you I'm working there. Watch me now. 40 years within the narrative of Numbers 32. They are at the barrier of the promise and quite frankly unbelievable. The same thing happens. At, within sight and sound of the promise, the conquest of Canaan is about to begin and four decades of wandering are over. And suddenly and quite frankly unexplainable and unbelievable it happens again. After years lived in lodging and longing. The Bible tells us that half the tribes of Reuben and Gad and half of Manasseh make this peculiar petition. They said we'll just stay at the edge and not enter the promise. Oh God, not me, not my family. You know what they said? They said oh no, 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 we'll just stay right here because we have flocks. We have land, we'll build homes, we'll marry, we'll have grandchildren, we'll stay right here within the safety and the security of, of everything being okay. Maybe that's where some spirit is in this place today. Pastor, I really don't want another night of prayer meeting. I really don't want Celebrate Recovery Ministries. That's going to bring a lot of trouble around. That's going to bring a lot of spirits around. Oh, you better believe it's going to bring all hell has to offer around this house. But I still kind of remember, greater is he that's in me. I'll say it so you can shout to it. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You know what I say? Hell, bring it on. I say, devil, bring it on. We're taking the city. Woo. I just got a couple more points and I'm quick here. They said, we have flocks and we have families. And the land, is, the land here is good for both. We'll just stay right here. So rather than risk wading out into the river or crossing the river, they said, we'll just die here or live here at the edge. They know the power. They know the provision that waits on the other side. Yet they are satisfied. Because they have let their soul be so shrunk. Tell you what, it would be smarter just to stay right here, Grace Apostolic. It would be smarter. You're obviously paying the light bills. I didn't take any eviction notices off the door when I came in. You're paying the bills. You got enough people. You got enough bodies. It would be safe to stay here. 
It'd be safe to say, hey, Pastor, I know you want more, but, but, but man, the land here would be good for our flocks and family. Right here. You know, we'll just slip in on Sunday, slip out, enjoy the week. We'll drop a little something in the pan. Sorry, thought I was at home. <laughs> but we'd rather stay here at the edge in Gilead. Play it safe. We'd rather walk with halting step and move at measured pace. Everything be okay. The problem is, if you stay here, it has consequences. So if you fast forward 1,500 years to the New Testament, and you go with our Lord Jesus Christ to the land of the Gadareans, it's the same piece of ground that they said would be great for their family and flocks. But 1,500 years later, can I tell you what's there? There's nothing there but swine and a demoniac. That's all that's left of the land that they said would be great. You know why? Because there is a high price to be paid for staying it, playing it safe and not going for what God has. Woo! Somebody give him praise with me right now. Come on, somebody give him praise with me right now. Come on, somebody give him praise with me right now. I got a lot more preaching. He'll have to have me back some other time. And this is not where my notes take me, but it's what I feel in my spirit where I feel, feel to end it. And I know that's good news to you. I'll tell you what. I'm feeling a little holy. This ain't a good word, but I feel a little holy arrogance in me. I'm just wanting to dare the devil to mess with this church. But I'm going to tell you, there's something that arises we're going to move in the Holy Ghost right here. I need you to focus in. I've been a long time, but wrap back around and say, we're going to give this smoke one more chance. Here we go. There's something that arises once you decide to leave the edge and you decide to transition into the place God has for you. Every imaginable enemy will suit up for battle. The other day I was in prayer and the Lord arrested my attention to a passage. And when he did, I, I felt very led to share this and I sort of forgot about it until right now. As you transition, and I didn't get to get into it. He can have me back some other time or I'll send him the note. He can preach it and tell you God gave it to him. When you cross that river, you're crossing through revival rivers. And before you get to the other side, there's healing that will come to you. There's recovery that's going to come to you. There's renewal that's going to come to you. There's all sorts of miraculous things. I could, I could share all of that with you. But as you're crossing the river, the same thing that happens to, to Jehoshaphat will happen to the, this church. Pastor, it's going to happen to you. When Jehoshaphat, I don't, I don't know all the names right now. I don't have the scripture in front of me. But when he got ready to go up to battle... He was facing armies that were much stronger than his army. He was facing battles he probably would not win. When Jehoshaphat got ready for all of that, you know what he did? He said, you know what we're going to do? He said, we're going to take our warriors and move them to the back of the battle. And we're going to take our worshipers and we're going to put them at the front of the battle. Come on, somebody praise him with me. Come on, somebody praise him with me. 
I said that to you for a reason. Come on, when times get tough, don't go back to the other side. Keep your worship at the forefront of what you're doing. But here it is. Here it is, and I, I, I'm done. The Lord gave, I, I heard this the other day, and when, it, when I heard it, it hit my spirit, and I knew I had to share this with you. As you transition, in fact, say this with me. Say, as we cross over. Oh, we're going to do it like we believe it. You ready? As we cross over. Woo! Numbers 2018. The children of Israel are getting ready to cross over in a different situation. And when they do, when they do, the Bible said that Edom, it's found in Numbers 20. Edom says to Israel, he says, if you take your flock and you go out there in that plain or field, whatever it was, he said, if you go out there, we're going to get our swords and we're going to come out there and we're going to kill you. You just stay where you are. Play it safe. But here's the trick. Edom is no new name. Because if you do a little history, you will discover that neither is Israel. Those names used to be two other guys. One was named Jacob and one was named Esau. This is just an old battle from yesteryear that's done come up again. And Esau says to Jacob, he says to Israel, you're not crossing over. You're not going to take that land. If you do, we'll kill you. Here's what I feel to tell you in the Holy Ghost. As you transition, there are battles of yesteryear that will start to come up, to the, up against this church and the people of God. There will be things... I'm going to move in the Holy Ghost right here. There will be things that you thought you conquered a long time ago. There will, be, there will be spirits of depression that you thought you put to bed years ago that will begin to rise up. There will be spirits of anxiety and stress and trouble and trial. There will be all sorts of sexual spirits and all sorts of familiar spirits that will rise up again so that the people in the middle of transition to the promise will start to say, I'm no different than I am ever been you just keep reading your bible in numbers 20 and you'll find out Edom didn't kill anybody and the people of God prevailed listen to me a battle of yesteryear is not an indicator that you're no different. It's an indicator that you've already got the devil's best and he don't got anything out. I'm telling somebody in this house, if depression used to be a part of your life, don't you worry, don't you fear, you're going to overcome it, but keep on crossing over. Yeah, just hit me a little bit of music. I wish I was fit like you, buddy. I'd shout all over this house. I'm saying, devil, hit me with your best shot. I took you out once. I'll take you out again. But I will. I will. 
crossing over. Pastor, I'm crossing over. Thank you again for joining us here at Grace Apostolic Church. Hopefully this message spoke to you as it did for many others. Grace Apostolic Church is a church family that you can be a part of. If you would like to connect to the church, the best way would be to visit our website at gaclawson.org or visit one of our services. Our service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. For more information, you can go online at gaclawson.org. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.